Hey everyone, welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Hello, everyone. We hope you are having a wonderful week of uh, hanging out with your team and taking care of your patients. And Brittany and I are coming at you today with um, talking about team communication and conflict resolution. And John Powell said it best when he said, communication works for those who work at it. And I couldn't agree more. Communication is one of those things that I feel like we absolutely will never arrive Um, It is constantly an opportunity for growth and learning and development, and we can always learn to uh, be better communicators. So hopefully we've got some uh, great tips and directions today to help you um, communicate really, really well with your team, which is important to us because think about how much time we spend with our team. We spend more time with our team than we do with our family uh, in a lot of cases. And um, I think in order to really take care of our patients and serve them as completely as possible, we've got to be super dynamic and effective at communicating with our team so that we're all on the same page and we are all, um, you know, moving in the same direction and supporting one another. Um, Dentistry is hard. We need a lot of support. So we want to talk about um, specifically today, conflict resolution, because unfortunately, that's going to happen for all of us. There's no way to avoid that. We, we are all familiar with it. I mean, it, it, if you're a listener who's never had a conflict, please right now, call me. I want to know all of your secrets. If you are a listener <laughs> who just said you've never had a conflict, you are in denial and you should seek therapy. We still love you. We still love you. But yes, exactly. And you know, yeah, this is a constantly evolving thing because personalities are constantly evolving and our worldviews are constantly evolving and cultural norms are constantly evolving, you know, evolving and what people think is acceptable and not acceptable behavior according to how they were raised and their religious beliefs and everything are, are constantly evolving. So it's like, it's like communicating with each person is like a niche specialty, right? Cause we have to consider all of that stuff and our own like biases and the way that we interpret things and view the world when we're communicating and there's so many things and so many ways that things can be misunderstood, lost in translation. This thing means something to you, but doesn't mean the same thing to me. It can be the words, it can be the actions, it can be the body language, but it's, it's a constant, yeah, it's a constant learning process because we're all different. We're all unique and we all communicate in a different way. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think we've might've mentioned this stat on a, on a previous podcast, but I just think it's relevant here is um, poor communication and unresolved upsets um, have really big impacts on our careers as hygienists. Um, and they, they've actually seen that conflicts with dentists cause 28% of hygienists to change jobs and 13% to decrease work hours. And then conflicts with other team members cause 17% of hygienists to change jobs and 7% to decrease work hours. 
So, you know, we all know nobody, nobody likes to feel uncomfortable. Nobody likes to have the hard conversations. Nobody wants to, you know, be that person. But in reality, it's going to happen no matter where we go or what we do. So instead of trying to avoid it, why don't we just figure out how to maneuver that really well? Like, yeah. Why don't we try and become proficient instead yeah. of like jumping ship every time we're faced with this familiar challenge that's just uncomfortable? Yeah. Because I mean, the reality is if we're ignoring the issues and the upsets that doesn't ever solve it. And then we just sit and stew in that. And then we become, you know, really jaded and and uncomfortable. And and then we're not our best selves. We're not our best selves for our patients. Um, And it just, it creates a really resentful kind of angry, frustrated environment. And it's, it's not a healthy thing. Yeah. And it's an undercurrent and a cultural thing that I think patients can sense too, you know, like when there's, there is that uh, resentment or unresolved upsets or things that haven't been talked about that really need to be talked about. It's like the energy in the place changes, yes. you know, whether you subscribe to like energy, whatever, like it, it does, like you can just sense the interactions between people. You, you catch on to the, the little cues that something's like not quite right. And, and our patients, suffer as a result of that, you know, because if we're not communicating at top level with one another, they're going to be, we're going to, we're going to drop the ball, you know, right. even more so than we do when we are the, at our best and right. resolving conflict and well-intentioned and all that stuff, because it's just, it's, it's inevitable if we're choosing not to communicate. Right. right. But I think, so if we, if we're coming from a place of, you know, really focusing on solutions Um, that we want to strengthen and foster healthy relationships in the office. We want to have better communication skills. Um, We know all of that's going to lead to an easier work life and obviously fewer resentments and and really a self-empowerment because I know that's happened for me before where, you know, I've sat in something and I've been really frustrated and I didn't want to say anything because that felt uncomfortable and what if they don't like me anymore? Um, But after I went and did that and came back from that, there is that self-empowerment of like, oh, wow, it was okay to put myself out there and have that conversation. And now things are better. And now we have a stronger relationship. And wow, that really did go well. And I can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really important to realize that, that that the more we do it, the more comfortable we get with it, the better we get at it. It really does create that empowerment. Yeah. And that's an example of a great investment in a relationship with someone that you know you're going to be around long-term. And for a lot of hours in the day, like you were saying before, like if we choose not to face this, that's selfish. You know, it's selfish. It's going to injure our relationships. It's going to hurt us in the long run. We're going to suffer, you know, slowly over a long period of time with resentments and the, and the feeling of upset and, you know, whatever right. is underlying. So that's like a responsible way. I feel like to have a relationship with anyone and especially with the people that we work with. And I think, you know, culturally the word confrontation has been given a bad rap. So we don't have to call it that. Honestly, I I think it's worth kind of taking the connotation back though for this word, because confrontation to me is just not an ugly word. It's not a nasty word. It doesn't have to be bad, but I think sometimes people use the word confrontation interchangeably with like being quote unquote, brutally honest or, you know, delivering something harshly. And that's just not what it is. Like the delivery you know, is your choice. How you deliver the information is, is really up to you. The person receiving the information, how they receive the information is also up to them, you know? So there, there's always the possibility that it's not going to go as planned or expectations aren't going to be fulfilled, but let's just for a second, take a step back and say that, you know, 
our experience culturally with the word confrontation is that this word is negative or childish, or it's an ugly interaction between two parties or two people. Um, the dictionary defines confrontation as a meeting of persons face to face, an open conflict of opposing ideas, forces, or a bringing together of ideas and themes, etc., for comparison. So this is just educated communication to me. It's just like top level, uh, uh, self-actualized communication. Like, hey, let's be honest about our conflicting views and opinions. We all have them. Sharisa and I have them, you know, and we're, we're very similar, but we don't agree on everything. If we can't talk about it, like how are we ever gonna learn from each other and move forward? You know, yeah. you can't. So it's just the confrontation has to happen and it, and it has to be kind of intentional because I think, especially in dentistry and in our schedules every single day, we're in such a, a hurry a lot of the time. And then things happen that upset us. And then unless we devote and schedule a specific time to deal with that upset and resolve it, it's just not going to get resolved because there's too many other pressing things. There's fires that have to be put out every day. There's, we have to keep the schedule and stay on time and you know, all the normal stuff that comes with the day. So this has to be really intentional. Yes, for sure. And I think with that intentionality, um, I think also, I think if you've got an issue, um, I think you've got to be dedicated to saying, well, I'm not just going to blow that off and let that go. Now, I mean, granted, there are some things that, you know, aren't a big deal and you, and, but here's the thing. I think, I think step one of any of these issues is kind of checking in with yourself and asking, okay, this happened and I didn't feel good about it or that didn't go well. Is this something that has happened multiple times and I really, it's time to address it? Was this a one-time thing? Mm -hmm. Am I in a bad place today? Like, you know, really checking in to see, is this something worth kind of digging into? Yeah. Um, and then if it is, then kind of, you gotta, there's some steps you gotta take to really make that communication productive and effective. And I think it's, checking in with yourself to number one, see if it's a big deal. And then if you decide, yeah, this is enough so that I think I need to talk about it. Then I think it's, it's kind of looking at the situation, almost stepping back from it. Right. Because we, I always talk about the me filter, like we filter everything through me and how I feel about it and what they said about me or what that, you know, what that, how that impacted me. But I think too, and especially on our teams, because there is so much going on and there's so many tasks that so many people are trying to, you know, do in a day. I think sometimes just looking at the perspective from the other person's side before you even go to them, like think through like, hey, what could they have been dealing with? What could have been happening for them? I think it's really important because if you just go from your own perspective, sometimes you you can kind of come off as like attacking or, you know, that you, you don't really understand where they're at. But if you take the time to really kind of gain some perspective in the whole thing, um, then I think that's going to you know, you're going to bring grace into the conversation. And I think that's really, really important because no one likes to feel attacked. Um, I think we would all admit that we make a lot of mistakes in our day because there is so much going on. So if somebody comes to me and they want to talk about a mistake I made, I mean, hopefully I'm going to be self-aware enough to know, yes, I do make mistakes. I mean, I I'm juggling a lot and I'm trying to do it all right, but sometimes I drop some balls and, and thank you for bringing that to my attention. You know, how, how could I do that better next time? I think we all need to have that, that just that perspective in mind. Yeah. I think a good question to ask, like, yes, uh, investigate our own motives and, you know, ask, what do I want to come out out of this? If we're choosing, you know, conflict resolution and to have a confrontation, I think a good question to ask too is 
will it empower or undermine my relationship with this person in the future if I choose not to address this? And if the answer is yes, it could potentially be damaging, then it's probably worth addressing. If you can honestly say to yourself, no, this will not impact the way that I treat, feel about this person, uh, you know, believe about this person in the future, I can get over it, move on. This is not what we're talking about. Then great. That's, you know, then, you know, you don't need to move forward. But I think if you ask, like, is this going to harm our relationship? Can I look at this person the same way without having this discussion? The answer is no, then, then it's worth the discussion right. in my opinion, you know? Right. Yeah. And and before we go there, you know, like con continuation of what you were saying, self-assessment, like asking myself, like, okay, what if yes, if I need to go move forward with some resolution here and schedule a confrontation or a conflict resolution with this person, what is my, what do I want to come out of it? I want to, do I want to empower my relationship with this person? Do I want to assert dominance? Do I want to just prove that I was right? Do I want to inflate my ego? Do I want to embarrass someone because they embarrassed me or I feel that they did something wrong to me? Like, it's important right. to check ourselves because even if, you know, we don't mean to come across that way, if, if we're not aware that that's actually like an underlying thought, then we will, we'll, we're going to communicate that to that person. And then it's like, you're not going into it with the right intentions. Like you don't right. even know what you want to come out of it. It's not going to help. It's going to make the mess bigger. Right. Because chances are, if you don't have an answer to that question, you're really just wanting to vent, you know, yeah. how you feel without, but if, but if you can say, gosh, this has bothered me enough to where I feel like it's happened enough times. I feel like we need to come up with a different way and a better approach for this. Like I want to come up with an outcome. So I, I don't feel this way again, then yeah. that's, that's where you're, you're, that tells you you're headed in the right direction. But if your come from is just, well, this person's wrong and I just want to tell them they're wrong and I'm frustrated that they're not doing this and they need to know that, that's probably not going to be a good approach. Yeah. If it's a vendetta, then it's that's not a, a good place to start. You know, I think it's good to work through some of our own motives before we bring another person into it. You know, and I think that, and these are, these are human things. So they're not like you're a bad person if you right. have these thoughts or feelings. Like I definitely sometimes am just like, have a problem with someone. I'm super petty. I'm like, I'm going to go like, whatever, make them feel how I felt. You know, that's like knee jerk human reaction in some instances, like, you know, emotions are hot. We're all stressed. Like we want to, it's just kind of like a knee jerk reaction. It can be like an automatic thing. So it's just, it's just important to, to question because it'll really help us to move forward in an empowered way and not create more drama and more things to resolve in the future. You know, cause if, if we enter a conflict resolution with like, I'm going to, show this person what's what, like, that's clearly going to ramp things up. And then guess what? Then you're going to owe that person an apology. Then you're going to have even more follow-up to do. Then you're creating even more work. You've just damaged your relationship with the person. So the questioning, the self questions are, I think the most important part, like ask, you know, myself, where, where am I in regards to this? What's my status and what do I want to come out of it? Right. Well, and I mean, just a small, small example, like I, I'm a little OCD. I like things to be in their place. And there's times when I'll walk into our, um, we have our, our lab is, is kind of a communal area where a lot of things land. We share our nomads and, you know, our velscopes and our cameras. And so that's the landing place for all of that. And there's times I'll, I'll walk in there and there's some things on the counter that shouldn't be, or somebody started to put something away and didn't finish. And like just that automatic thought of, oh my gosh, why is this here? Why can't people finish their jobs? Like, and that's like such a quick thought that like puts you in a bad place. And then mm -hmm. if you stop for a second and, and for me, it's that gaining perspective of, well, 
duh, they have five patients in the chair right now. Like they, they started something cause they had a minute and their patient got here and things got busy. Yeah. So it's, I, sometimes I think it's little things like that, that we let get to us because there's so much that has to happen in a day that if we would just stop and check in with ourselves and then gain a little perspective, sometimes it's not even an issue. Yeah. Sometimes it's not an issue. And I think sometimes it is an issue. I think it's important that we're careful that we're empathetic to others, but that we're not enabling. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think, and, and if that thought is like crossing your mind or my mind and it's like, yeah, over and over and like, clearly it's a problem. That's when it should be, you know, addressed or whatever. I know it's super frustrating when you've already had the conversation and there's still a lack of resolution or there's, you know, this outcome, I think it's at least worth going to that person and like questioning, like, Hey, what happened today? You know, with, with this scenario, I know we've talked about this before. Is there a way I can support you to make sure it doesn't continue or like, you know, what do you need or how can we make this work kind of thing? I, I know I totally, yeah, all, all the frustration and the empathy and the big picture perspective really important. That's something that I lack a lot of the times I'm like my schedule, my patients, I'm moving and grooving, trying to get this stuff done. Um, but so is everyone else. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. A great perspective to have kind of like both sides. And also like, it's when I can't shake something, like if I can't shake that thought or emotion then I'm like, okay, I need to circle back to this. Like yep. it's worth, you know, talking about again or talking about it for the first time. Right. Right. And I think, um, I know you're big on this that, and I think it's really true. And, and what you said is true. Like there's things that happen during the day that bother us, but we don't have time to deal with them right then. You know, you've got another patient, your next patient's here, you know, it, there's a lot going on. So, um, I think there are even times for me that, you know, I've got a newer assistant where we're working together for, you know, about four months now. And there's times during the day where something will have happened that wasn't done right, but I can't address it right then. So I'll even make myself a little note. I'm kind of the sticky note queen. So I'll just like write a word or two down so that I don't forget that mm -hmm. circle back up picking a time frame, like establishing a time to talk to that person. And, you know, this may be something as simple as you don't necessarily have to go and say, Hey, can we set up a time to talk about this? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just, I know, okay, at the end of the day, once we're caught up and everything's done, I've got that sticky note to say, Hey, let's work on this. I, I saw you did this, but really we need to do it this way. You know, that kind of conversation. But then there are times where you do need to say, Hey, I've had some things I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I want to talk through and work through. Can we set up a time that we could do that after work? So yeah. I think, I think just making that, setting that time aside in your head, whether that's actually going to that person and setting up a time or just making sure it happens in an appropriate time frame. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think that if, if you're, if you're wanting to talk about something that's been like a slow boil type of thing, like you haven't addressed it before and it's come to like a head and you were just like, okay, I'm going to like go off on someone. If this happens one more time, it's, it's definitely not the time to address it in that moment because we're probably going to do and say things that we are going to regret. And then, like I said, have to circle back with apologies and have caused damage. And what we can't do is undo what we've already said, you know, right. and that's, that can sometimes be damaging, even if you do apologize afterwards. Right. Um, but so if there, if there's a lot of emotions involved in a certain instance or a certain, um, interaction with someone else, like you're really heated, that person's really heated, you, you passionately disagree about something. I think it's healthy to not procrastinate, but wait a day to like cool down sometimes, like, because we're, we're humans, like we're all having a human experience. We all have emotions. We all get angry, sad, hurt, embarrassed, you know, and those things don't just 
as much as our frontal lobe and we can know consciously something, you know, like I know this person didn't mean it, or I don't think they meant to hurt me, or I understand they were distressed as much as we can know that consciously, our bodies sometimes like don't know that. And we're like coming in hot, you know, like our emotions don't know it yet. We're, they haven't followed yet. So I think sometimes it's healthy to wait a a day or so and cool down. And also in regards to the timeframe, I don't think it's ever a really good idea to schedule a conflict resolution at the beginning of the day or in the middle of the day, you want to do the end of the day, right. Or the end of the week, like, so that you can go home. If something, you know, does get heated or it does get emotional or whatever, you don't want to go see, then see patients or have to go into a commitment after that, you know, you can then go home and cool off, talk about it if you have to kind of thing, you know? So I think it's best to schedule at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, And then, you know, depending on who that's with in the, on the team and, and what schedules look like, sometimes you, I, you know, obviously want to be specific about that, you know, like, Hey, can we make sure that we, you know, meet whatever day and time so that, so that we can really address this. Yeah. Cause you want your needs met and you want the person to have realistic expectations. Like if you're going to need 30 minutes of their time, they might be thinking, Oh, this is just a quick thing. Oh, right. let's do it tomorrow after work. But really they have to go to soccer practice or something. You're going to feel bad because you're going to feel blown off. Like, okay, the person didn't realize you wanted a commitment of 30 minutes. And then they had to go five minutes into the conversation because they didn't realize it and you didn't communicate it. Like get your needs met by asking for what you actually need, you know, give the person the opportunity to say, okay, this is when it'll work in my schedule too. You know, then everyone is okay and happy and it works out. Right. But I do. So I'm just going to say this because I think so many people think this way. So many people, if you came to me, Brittany, and you said, Hey, Sharice, I had some things I was kind of concerned about, and I really want to be able to sit down and and talk and and have a great conversation about it. Um, Would you be able to stay after work on Wednesday just for maybe 30 minutes so we could talk about that? I mean, obviously, I'm going to say yes to you, but if you say this to me on a Monday, like I'm going to be super stressed for two days because yes, I'm willing to talk to you, but like, what did I do wrong? And what, you know, again, like my me filter kicks in and I'm like, all of a sudden now I'm freaked out and I'm probably not going to be my best self for the next two days. So I think if, if it's not right away, it's, it's kind to kind of say whatever it is you have on your mind, just, you know, a little synopsis and, mm-hmm. and say it in a way of, you know, like, Hey, Brittany, I was really concerned about, you know, our interaction earlier today. And I just want to make sure that we're good. You know, you know, I love you. I want to just make sure we're on the same page. I want to figure out how to best support you. Um, But, and I just don't want to let this go. So could we set up some time Wednesday after work? Like, I just want to like, make sure that we can be as supportive as possible for each other. Would that be okay with you? Yeah. And then I, then I think I understand a little bit about it, but I feel like you need to give some information if you're going to do something like that. You've been to the summit, you've heard the podcast, you've followed us on social media, and we are excited to announce that the Bulletproof Hygiene Book is finally here. Teresa and I have compiled our 33 plus years of collective clinical experience regarding the most relevant and important topics in hygiene to catapult your career into the next level. Take a deep dive into all aspects of dental hygiene as we share our personal wins and losses, tips, tricks, and actionable steps that lead to excellent patient care, healthy team culture, high practice profitability, and fulfillment in our profession. You can find a book entitled Bulletproof Hygiene, the guide for finding fulfillment through purposeful, profitable hygiene on amazon.com and have your copy in hand in just two days. Happy reading.
the next area that makes me insane is gossip. Mm-hmm. Um, because now you're going to, you know, like, oh my gosh, Brittany wants to meet with me. Do you know what's wrong? What did she say something to you? And you know, that's totally unhealthy for the team culture. So I think giving people a heads up, if you're going to meet about why I think is important. Yeah. I always think, you know, when in doubt over communicate because in, in the absence of communication, we fill in the blanks, right? It's just a human tendency. You know, we do that, even though we know better, you know, it's like, I, I sincerely don't know what that person wants to talk to me about. It's like, we don't like to not know. So I think when in doubt over communicate about the why and the what, and even like, let's say you're waiting until Wednesday because your schedule tomorrow is just too crazy. You have have to like, even say that, you know, I just want to wait till Wednesday because I want dedicated time with you. I want to make sure that we have plenty of time to just chat and, you know, discuss things so that we're, you know, functional, our relationship is as best it can be kind of thing. Um, so Wednesday is the time that works best for me. Is that, is that okay for you? You know, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. But I agree with you. It's always better to, to fill it in. Yeah. And I think, the healthiest way to do all of this is go directly to the person Mm -hmm. and do this because what our tendency is, and I, you know, I see this all the time is, you know, team members go to other team members Mm -hmm. because they're uncomfortable to go to that person. And so that's super, super toxic Mm -hmm. because I mean, I've had this before where I think somebody's just phenomenal. They're a great team member. And then somebody else comes to complain about something they did. And even though I know they're a great team team member, now I'm kind of like, huh, really? You know what I mean? It, like mm-hmm. it starts to impact the way I think about them. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy because that is someone else's perspective. That's not right. even my own perspective, but that's the way that that kind of gossip and drama works is it really can be toxic and change, you know, what you're thinking about somebody that's really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't even, you weren't even a part of it. So I think right. it's so, so important to address issues with the people you have issues with. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, if you think about it, that's super erosive and damaging. So you didn't just damage your relationship with that person. You damaged potentially someone else's relationship with right. that person, you know, if they don't kind of check themselves and say, Oh, I, you know what? I know that person. And I, I, I wonder what it actually was and just get curious instead of making a qualification, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And gossip is, is like a tribal kind of knee jerk thing. Like it is like a survival thing. Like we want to get people on our team. We want to be understood. We want to, we want to see, we want to help gauge ourselves and our perspective according to others. So that's a normal want and need. It's just not a healthy way to get it. You know, we we do have to go to that person directly. And, you know, if, if you're a person who you you feel really inexperienced having conflict resolution type of conversations, or you just feel like, I'm not sure if I communicate very well with this person, maybe I want some support, then is an opportunity to, uh, you know, request a time with that person, but also maybe ask for support from a supervisor or someone in a manager position who is mature and doesn't gossip and isn't just your friend who's going to yes you to death. You know, a really, you want to get someone who's impartial because if our come from and the want is really to have conflict resolution, so come to resolution, then it's not to get others on our team, right? So we want the person who's going to help mediate and really remain as fair and impartial as possible and just help us to um, figure out an outcome, a strategy so that this doesn't continue happening to strengthen our relationship moving forward. Yes. And I've done that myself. I mean, there's times I've gone to an office manager and said, hey, 
I'm having this issue. I don't want you to solve it for me. I, I want to have this conversation. I know I need to do this and I want to do this, but I just want to make sure that I'm taking the healthiest approach to this. So mm-hmm. will you help me? You know, here's my issue. Here's what I'm thinking. Do you think that's the way to go? What, what is your advice? And I think that is, it's a great way because we don't know how to communicate. You know, we, we don't, we're not born knowing how to talk. And then when we right. learn how to talk, we still don't really know how to communicate. So right. It's, it's a process. And so if you know you've got a team member who's really strong in that, then I think it's, it is a, a great way to learn from someone else. Yeah. And I think so. I want to point to something important in that scenario. So if you go to someone who is a responsible person and you tell them your perspective on a situation, even if you're being very objective and mature and you're not using emotional um, language, you still don't want that person to make a judgment or right. you know, believe something qualifying about this person because you've had this conversation with them. So I think anytime you rope someone else into it, even if it's with completely pure intentions, completely just want resolution, that person I think needs to be present in the conflict resolution because then they can hear the other person's perspective from their mouth. You know, I think, I think that we kind of, we kind of owe it to people right. to like, okay, if I'm going to have a discussion about someone when they're not around, I owe it to them to communicate with this person as well directly, because that's the, that's the advantage that I have right now kind of thing. Even, even if you're not, you know, making it something that it isn't or making it more dramatic or whatever, I think it's only fair, you know, that that person is like, okay, now you're committed to coming with me just to sit there during the conflict resolution, even if I don't need their help with it. Right. Yeah. I just think, I think that's healthy. I like being as fair as possible. And sometimes it's good to have, honestly, I've had a very small number of uh, interactions with team members that I felt like I wanted someone else in the conflict resolution because I felt that person wasn't really mature and emotionally capable of having an adult conversation. And in case it didn't go well, I honestly was just kind of like, okay, can you just come be present so that there's kind of like a witness in the situation, especially if you've got kind of like history or bad blood kind of with someone and it's just been maybe an ongoing thing, or you just kind of don't feel comfortable. It's good to have someone else there, just a third party, just for, even for documentation purposes. Yeah. So I think once you kind of determine, all right, I'm going to do this. And and you've talked to them about setting up a time, then I think you come in with just some really clear intentions and, and objectives for the conversation. And I know you've said this already where, you know, say, Hey, can we meet? I just, I've got some things that I feel like maybe are dividing us a little bit. And I want to just make sure we get on the same page because obviously I want to function as well as we possibly can. And I want to support you as much as I can. Mm -hmm. Um, I think just clarifying in the beginning, you know, that, that you're seeking for connection, which I think is super, super important instead of coming with, you know, just um, accusation or, you know, fault issues like, Hey, I want to connect with you. Like, we, we, we really are a team and a family and, you know, I, you and I, we've always talked about, you know, we both played sports growing up and like, if I'm on the field and I'm going to pass the ball to you, but I don't call, you know, let you know, it's coming, you're not going to know to be ready to receive it. And so it's the same thing with our, you know, our day-to-day in the office. Like we've got to be able to, you know, be, be talking to one another and, and communicating. And so just setting up ahead of time, like what your objectives are, I think is important. Yeah. Yeah. Even for your, uh, just for your own sake to give you perspective and then, and then yeah, sharing that with the other person too. I think it's really important for us to remember that like none of us 
receives um, like formal training on communication and attitude and conflict resolution. So we can't expect others to be perfect in this either. You know, we're, we're not perfect. I'm definitely not perfect. I've had interactions where I've had to apologize afterwards and I've had to be like, wow, that was really not the right come from. I wasn't in a good space or I'm so sorry for my attitude. I'm sorry that I delivered the information insensitively. You know, I've had to apologize for all of those things in the past. So we're all like learning. So I think it's important to come with that grace perspective for everyone involved in the communication and conflict resolution process. Uh, So I think that one thing that may be coming to people's minds right now, especially if you're a hygienist or an auxiliary or admin team member is like, okay, what if the person that I have a conflict with is my boss or the dentist? Like, how do I handle that? It seems really sensitive. Like they're my boss. How do we kind of tiptoe around this? Do I have to have this conversation with them? And the truth is, and the answer is, it goes back to the original question. If I choose not to face this and address this with this person, how is it going to affect our relationship moving forward? This is the place where we spend so much time. This is the place where we spend as much or more in some cases time than we spend in our own homes. You know, you can't have this underlying current of negativity or disconnection with the people you work the most closely with because you're not willing to have an uncomfortable conversation or face conflict. So it's, it goes back to the same question. Will your relationship with your dentist or your boss be more or less empowered if you choose to not say something about this thing? Will you feel better or worse moving forward? Do you think that it, it will help or hurt your relationship if you choose not to say something about this thing? Right. Answer it honestly. And then if, if it will be damaging, detrimental, no, you can't move forward in an empowered fashion without talking about this thing, then yes, it's worth a conversation. Right. No, we don't have control over the outcome. So I understand why this can be scary and daunting. And, you know, I think that there's probably sometimes a concern of retaliation or backlash or punishment when it comes to uh, being honest and open and trying to communicate about sensitive issues, especially with our bosses. And it might be an opportunity to ask like, okay, am I making an assumption here? Like, is fear keeping me from having an, an uncomfortable conversation with my boss or, or the dentist or whatever? A lot of times the answer is yes, right? We're, we're afraid of something. Right. I think sometimes it's even okay to say that. Like, hey, you know, I have this thought. It's really important to me that we talk about it, but I'm a little bit afraid of having this conversation with you because I respect you. I understand that you're my boss and I, I don't want you to have a different impression than that. You know, it's okay to like communicate like what I'm concerned about, like, hey, I really, and it's okay to say, I really value our relationship. So I'm afraid that, you know, not saying something can injure our relationship, but also I'm afraid that you may take the information that I'm going to give you in a way that I don't mean it. So I would like, like the benefit of the doubt kind of thing. And then requesting that scheduled dedicated time, you know, from them. Um, But I think that we have to be honest with ourselves because just like, boiling down beneath the surface with a team member will can cause us to just resent and burn out and hate our jobs and dislike our coworkers. You know, you uproot your entire life, you leave because you didn't ask the hard questions and request uh, an honest conversation. And then it's the same cycle somewhere else. You know, it's not like it's going to be different. Do, do we want these problems or those problems? Right. And in a lot of instances, they're the same problems, just with different names and faces. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no, there, I have not experienced uh, or met anyone who's ever worked in, in a, um, 
a company of any type, of any type, dentistry or not, where everything was just amazing and it was always perfect and it was always great. So yeah, it's, I mean, we're going to have issues. It's just picking your battles and deciding, you know, is this something that I can live with day to day, or is this something I can work on and and talk about and work through? Um, Because yeah, we're, we're always going to bump into that. Yeah. And and it's remember too, you know, there is that fear of going to a boss, whether it's, you know, an office manager or a dentist um, or, you know, an owner of, you know, gosh, you know, what if they don't like what I say and I lose my job? Um, but I love what you said about, you know, establish, establishing, you know, the respect and the, and the trust and the value in the relationship, because that's super, super true. And we have to remember that just like in hygiene school, nobody taught us about conflict resolution, the mm-hmm. same thing for our bosses, you know, mm-hmm. that's something that they don't, they don't learn a whole lot about running the business and managing people and having those interactions. So we have to remember that, you know, we don't, we may not feel hundred percent about it. They may not either, you know? So I think just being vulnerable and being honest and having so much grace is really, really important. Yeah. And I, I want to like explore different possible outcomes from uh, an attempt at conflict resolution, because I want to be really honest and really clear about the fact that it doesn't always go how we want it to go. You know, it doesn't always, sometimes I really want an apology from someone like that would just mean a lot to me. Sometimes I don't get that apology or sometimes uh, the person doesn't take it well. Their response is immature, emotional. They project and blame and don't take responsibility. That's super frustrating. You know, I think it's important for us to remember we have control over our words, our actions, our attitudes and beliefs. We don't have control over anyone else's and we honestly don't have control over the outcome when other people are involved. We just don't like we, we don't play their part for them. They have to play their part. That's their responsibility. Right. So I just want to be honest about let's play this all the way through. Okay. Let's say we have this really uncomfortable conversation. The person takes it terribly. Um, Then the next opportunity arises from that. We get to ask, okay, is this an expectation or a boundary on my end? Is this something that I can live with and move forward? Or is this behavior completely unacceptable, toxic? Can I not move forward in this atmosphere any longer? So no matter what happens, we have to view this all as opportunity because that's really the worst case scenario is it doesn't go well. It's awkward. It's, you know, the, the person isn't open to having this real adult conversation, but then it's, it is an opportunity and, and might be the right time to say, is this the place for me? Is this a person that I can kind of make work, you know, make, make work work with them kind of thing or not. Um, And that might be a freeing thing to think about, especially when we're having confrontation with our bosses. Like if this, you know, it might be time for me to reconsider, or they may say, okay, well, I don't want to have an adult conversation and communicate with you. Okay. Do you really want to keep working there? If that's the case, Right. You know, like we have to make ends meet. And I get that. I get the reality of like putting food on the table, needing a paycheck, that sort of thing. But like also consider the long term of your fulfillment, satisfaction, mental and emotional health, uh, ability to have healthy connections and relationships with the people that you spend the most time with. And, and I feel like, you know, if I ask my, myself that question, don't I want to work with people like that who right. value me enough to say, hey, do you have some time to talk to me? Like, I want to make sure we're okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, to me, that's important. So, you know, I feel like, I don't know. I just, I want, I want to, I want to have a team that 
able to have even the hard conversations because they know it's going to make us better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's the kind of culture that we want to cultivate and what we want, what we, what we want for ourselves and what we want for our team because we care. Right. So and I think there's two things I want to mention as, as we're kind of thinking through these conversations, as we're actively having them is I think it's really important to be a very active listener. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously if we're the ones coming with the issues and we're, we're, we're doing a fair bit of talking, but it's so, so important to listen to what's being said back to us. Cause I think so many times we listen to respond, you know, we're listening, we, we heard one thing they said, and now we're like configuring in our brain, how we're going to respond to that. And we didn't actually hear everything they said. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that doesn't value them. I think, you know, if you're coming in to them with something then you need to be able to hear them out. Mm-hmm. And I think also paying attention to your body language and to theirs too, you know, I mean, I think that's a big part of what we do every day with patients in the chair is kind of reading where they're at. Um, I think it's, you know, important to, as we're having that conversation, be mindful of our own body language, the faces we're making, you know, the way that we're communicating. I think, you know, we know nonverbal is so much more uh, than the verbal part. So really paying attention to that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and not getting stuck on our assumptions because, Correct. you know, clearly if something upset us, it's because it, we made it mean something and it might, we might've made it mean something that it doesn't mean to the other. Right. right? So we don't want to just get so stuck in our, our belief or our view of the situation that we're not open to hearing that person's view or what they actually meant by what they said or did, because they may have a completely different come from, you know, the first impression a lot of times isn't the right one. Or like you talk about all the time, we see things through the me lens. A lot of times it doesn't have anything to do with us. Right. It may have to do with them or having a bad day or whatever, but you know, it at least um, is empowering to let the person know, like, I value our relationship enough to have an awkward conversation with you to make sure that this is okay. And also, if this is a habitual thing for the person, it'll, it'll also make it so that they understand there's going to be more work involved for them in the future if they continue acting this way, because I'm going to request a conversation. You know, so that's like the, like the very worst, most like pitiful thing that could come out of it too, is like, okay, either I realize this isn't the place for me or, you know, the conflict resolution and communication isn't where I want it to be. Or at least this person understands like, Hey, if you, if you continue to, with the same behavior in the future, I'm going to require a conversation and it's just going to be more work for you kind of thing. Right. No, right. that's not my intention or my motive for asking for the conversation, but it's just the reality of, and it's a side effect of asking for conflict. Resolution. Right. So I'm just going to hop in here. We're going to take a little detour for one second, because I feel like that what you said is super important for gossip and drama stuff. So a really great tip, if you don't want people coming to you with gossip and drama is when they come to you and say these things to you is you say, great, I understand that. Let's go to them together now and talk about, let's, let's figure this out and work that out. Mm -hmm. People will stop coming to you. Yeah. And I've had this happen multiple times and it's, it's actually really effective. So it's a great way if, if you're one of those people that's a little timid about like, I don't know how to, like somebody's saying something to me and I'm uncomfortable, but I don't know how to put a stop to it. Just offer to be like, Hey, I understand that. And that does seem frustrating. Let's go. I'll help you. Let's go talk to that person together and make sure that we get this resolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So sorry. Just had to, had to go. Oh, there. that's great. That's a, that's great. <laughs> totally true. Yes. You taught that person something and your yes. come from wasn't, I'm going to teach this person a lesson, but right. it's like, Hey, I want what's best for ABS and right. I want to resolve this. So right. they realize in the future, if they come to you, it's going to involve more work, which is okay. Yep. They may come to you if they actually want to resolve the problem. And now they know that that's what you want. Right. You know, 
what you're in it for. So it's just great because they get to realize a couple of different things in that interaction. Right. So, so Brittany, you talk a lot about the compliment sandwich, and I want you to elaborate on that because I know that that's a technique that's been super effective for you in the past with conflict resolution. So talk to us about the compliment sandwich. Oh gosh, the compliment sandwich. First of all, I have feelings about that phrase. I, I don't like it is odd sandwich. I am like, I'm like, just tell me I'd rather like, even if it's sensitive information, just tell me so that I know what we're talking about. Even if it's hard to hear, hard to take for me personally, I'm like, get to the point, please. Like, why are we just tell me, but I feel like for most people, they don't, most people, if we're generalizing, I don't think want that kind of communication. And I don't think that's unreasonable, right? You know, they want to know, do you value your relationship with them kind of thing. So that's, if I'm doing a compliment sandwich, first of all, the compliments have to be true. They can't just Correct. be things yes. to soften whatever quote unquote yes. blow you think you're about to deliver. And right. again, it doesn't have to be a blow. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, harsh or whatever. That depends on how you choose to deliver it. Um, but I think it doesn't hurt to say, Hey, I really love you. You're one of my favorite people here. Love working with you. There's something that I want to talk about. And it's X. You know, it really, it really bothered me when you do this. It makes me feel blah, blah, blah. Can I make a request for the future? Yes. Okay, great. You work that all out. And then I really appreciate your time. You're awesome. Like, is there anything I can do for you kind of thing at, at the end? So that's what I mean by compliment sandwich. It's like, say something honest that you love about this person at the beginning, then deliver this hard to deliver or hard to hear or something that you think is sensitive information, deliver that in a, in a sensitive manner, right? Cons in a considerate manner, right? You can say the words, you can be honest, kind of like when we're honest and direct with patients while still being sensitive to their emotions. Like you're not going to say a little bit of bleeding. You're going to say there is infection. Right. It's okay to be direct and say what you mean, but, and not like sugarcoated either, but you don't have to be like brutal or ruthless or rude about it. You know, there's a way to, to deliver the information and just be tactful and straightforward. So that's what I mean by that. And that, that, has been a really important lesson for me because there have been times when I've interacted with people and tried to have coaching moments and it, and it has gone both ways. Obviously I've received a lot of coaching too, but when I'm trying to coach someone else, I have a lot of times just jumped into the point because that's how I like to receive communication. And people are like, so taken aback and so put off that they couldn't even continue the conversation, you know, and it just doesn't work out for anyone. Because again, if my come from is I want resolution, then I'm willing to do the work and speak in that person's language, how, you know, most people maybe want to be spoken to uh, in order to get the point across in a healthy way and for them to remain open to the information that I'm delivering right now. So no, it's not my preferred method of communication. I'd rather Sharissa just say, wow, your hair, your hair looks really bad that way. Like you should do it differently or something. Because honestly, the relationship that I have with Sharissa, I just know that she loves me and cares about me. Like, just tell me, like, does it look bad or not? Like, I what's do, your opinion? You're having a good hair day. Thank you. I think so. <laughs> I think so. It had to be something because it's not my face or my eyeballs. <laughs> I'll, I'll elaborate on that. Maybe. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think it just has to go back to our come from and be, you know, we have to constantly be self-examining in this whole situation. So we have six questions um, that we just kind of recommend asking yourself when you're facing something hard or uncomfortable um, or getting ready to have what we call a sweaty back conversation um, or an awkward conversation. And the first one is, Am I willing to do something now to make this better? 
is this making me uncomfortable enough to where something needs to change and I'm willing to do something? And is that something just changing my perspective and making and understanding what's going on and settling down in that? Or is that something going to someone directly to the someone and having a conversation? Mm-hmm. And you gotta, um, you, you have to roll with this too, until you get to yes. So if you ask yourself, am I willing to do something now to make this better? And the answer is honestly, no. Why not? Is it, are you just too right. emotional? Are you too hurt? Can Asking you not see past your own perspective? Do you need to get another person involved? Like, why not? And then yep. do ask yourself until you get to yes. Okay. Now I'm willing to do something to make this better. Yes. Perfect. I love that. Um, the second one is what meaning have I linked to this? Um, because again, in our me, in our me filter and in our own perspective, sometimes we, choose to think things that aren't even true. You know, we will filter what we think is going on for someone else and it has no basis. It's not the truth. So, you know, what, what meaning have I linked to this? Do I think this now this person doesn't like me because they didn't put that supply away? Like, I mean, you know, just getting real with yourself. Yeah. So the meaning that I could have linked to it, if Sharissa said, Hey, your hair really looks terrible like that is based on my past experiences and it is for everyone. So let's say, you know, someone has a weird or not weird, but like an experience of being bullied or someone maybe actually intended to hurt them, or there was injury caused. Um, and maybe someone like verbally said like, Hey, I don't, I don't think you're attractive or something. They said something mean or rude that may be, that may create feelings or a belief that like Sharissa doesn't love me. Sharissa is trying to be mean to me. Sharissa is bullying me when that may not be the case. She's probably just caring about me and saying like, Hey, you know, your hair's messy, whatever. Like she's just trying to help me kind of thing. And I know Sharissa so well that I'd probably make that assumption instead, but we may have linked an alternative meaning that isn't based in that person's actual intentions. And, and honestly, we can't know until we ask them. And even if we ask them, they can choose to not share with us, you know, so we don't have really control over that, but we can be honest with ourselves about what meaning we've linked to it. Yeah. Uh, next is, could this be a misperception or misinterpretation? And gosh, I think so many times that answer is probably going to be yes. Yeah. Um, but again, that's going to really uh, involve us listening to what the other person is saying, you know, to really see what they're come from and what's, what's really going on. Because I think we do oftentimes misperceive and, and make our own thoughts about situations. Yeah. Um, number four is what else could this mean from their world? And we know the reality is sometimes we have really hard moments and bad days. Sometimes we got stuff going on at home um, and, it, and it's taking a lot of focus for us to get through our day. Um, we've got to extend that grace to others because there may be some other things happening in their world, or maybe they're frustrated about something that they haven't felt brave enough to talk about. So again, it's just, it's putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and, and, you know, seeking that connection with them. Yeah. And I think to me, this question is more functional than it is like, do we really want to go down the rabbit hole of all the things that it could mean? Like, it's like, if a person does something, it could mean all different things from their perspective. But I think this question is meant to get you out of the you filter mm -hmm. and just like be, be functional. Like, oh, what, what alternatives, what could the person have meant by this? Like just in a general sense, could they have, you know, meant, I don't know, could they have just been in a hurry? It, it gets you in like an empathy state. And I think that's the purpose of this question. Yes. I really like number five. The next question is, what do I need in order to feel better? And 
I think that most people don't want to be honest when answering this question. My, my oh. answer is coffee. Coffee. <laughs> it makes everything feel better. It that makes and wine. feels so much better. Yeah. Yes. And sleep. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's important in this question to be honest about what you need or want in order to feel better while having realistic expectations. So right. sometimes I might feel that I need a, a, an apology from someone, but I may not get it. So it's important to realize like, what do I need to move forward? Okay. Can't, can't, how else can I move forward if that doesn't happen? Or what if I don't get what I need? Is that acceptable? Not acceptable. And I think it's also important to ask yourself that question, because what if what you need is a new system put in place? And, and knowing that ahead of time helps you prepare for that and say, Hey, this didn't work. You know, this isn't working, but what if we tried it this way and had something in mind so that you could present? Mm -hmm. So I think it is, you got to know what you want that outcome to look like, but, but I agree with you. You need to be prepared because again, you're dealing with an unknown. You don't know how that person's going to respond and what they are willing to do or not to do. So I think it's important to, to know that, but also to know, Hey, if I don't get that outcome, am I going to be okay with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then decide if it's an expectation or a standard, right. And you can, you, should you live with it? And that's subjective. That's according to you. Right. And yep. then the last one is how can I communicate my needs in order to empower my relationship with this person? So it goes back to square one, like what are my intentions? Um, and how can I make sure that I am in it for the greater good of our relationship? Yep. And then the last question is a bonus question. And it's asking what's great about this. Will going down this road help to strengthen your relationship? Will it help you to get to know the other person better? Will it help them to understand you more? How will it strengthen your relationship or how did it help you? Even if it's just the experience of having an uncomfortable conversation and that being a learning experience for you, what was great about it? What did you learn from it? Even if it didn't go well, what did you learn? What would you do differently in the future? You know, what, what could have gone better? It's, it's a good reflection point. Right. So I think these are all some really, really great practical ways at dealing with conflict resolution. And I want to just throw one really random thing in here. If you're listening to this and you feel like, gosh, it's been a while since our team's like just really gelled well and been on the same page. Um, I just want to encourage you, you know, maybe it's time to set up a fun time for the office. Um, even something as stupid as playing a game together, you know, um, twisters kind of, kind of funny as an adult. So, you know, playing a game together, um, you know, having a happy hour after work, you know, going out and doing something together, um, I think just builds so much connection and, and takes us out of the stress of the day and reminds us that we are all human and we are funny and we are silly and we are serious. You know, it's just, it's kind of celebrating who we are as people and really connecting that I think will build us. So, you know, if it's been a while since you guys have done that as a team, I absolutely recommend having some fun together. Yep. Camaraderie and morale. It is a, an intangible asset and it's an invaluable asset. Yes. So if you need some information, you need some support in this area, you can find us, uh, go to mighty networks, uh, in your apps. And we are under bulletproof hygiene. We would love to connect with you, have some conversations, send us your ideas for what works well for your team and your communication, because we, uh, love to learn. We definitely don't know it all. We, we need you as a community to help support us as well. Yep. And don't forget to come see us in person. It's July, 2021. It's the 8th and 9th, uh, the Bulletproof Summit. 
uh, aka the Bulletproof Hygiene Summit and the Bulletproof Team Summit. They are all three happening this year, which is super exciting. Uh, you can find out more about this uh, at bulletproofsummit.com. You can purchase tickets there. And we really hope to see you guys face to face, shake your hands, hopefully give you a hug by then. Uh, and we are looking forward to it very much. Have a great week, everybody. And here's to communicating effectively. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you.